0: Banjo?
1: I want to hold your own. Banjo. Oh, I had no. Where did my first phone go? Oh, <Tom Hagen. laughs> <That's it. laughs> Hello,
0: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of ABTTG. It is that time of year where we're recapping Cinema Month. What a good month.
1: Our favorite month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Before we dive into that, uh just a few quick annou- announcements. First of all, we have the most recent film club posted uh for the month. It is Poor Little Rich Girl from 1917 available on YouTube. So that is very nice. Watch that. Make sure you submit your reviews. And pretty soon within the next couple of weeks, the uh first of 2024. Film Club episodes will drop. And I'm very excited for that. Um, to we'll watch discuss there. But yeah, I still have a little bit of time, perhaps, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, number next is March Madness is fast approaching. Yes, I realize it's the beginning of February. But the way that our little system works is by March 1st, we will start dissecting our March Madness bracket. So you, the listeners, need to submit yours before then.
1: We're doing
0: best score.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if there's another
0: qualifier. We didn't come up with one. So Lauren and I, we've picked some of our very favorite scores from all time. This isn't a definitive list because it's very difficult to choose. And sometimes we were swayed by like public perception more than just our favorites. So this, I feel like this topic could come back in future years as like specifically just from Disney and Pixar, or from other things. Um, but as it stands for now, there are 64 scores. Um, I have put them all in a playlist. They are alphabetized so that you don't know the rankings yet. But also, you can listen to it. Feel free uh, to familiarize yourself with it, maybe especially the ones that you're less familiar with. Um, the brackets are going to open February 15th. So if you email abttg 95 at gmail.com with the phrase march madness in the subject line it will ping back the bracket that you can then fill out so like last year you're going to fill this out according to your own taste so this is your opinion you're not trying to guess what lauren and i are going to say you're not trying to guess what the majority of people are going to say you're just filling it out according to what you believe but new this year is we would like you once you have filled out the bracket we would like you to defend your pick or just explain why you've picked your winner There's going to be a couple ways you could do that. Basically, any way you can get audio to myself or to Lauren, whether that just be like a voice memo that you record on your phone and you text it to one of us, or you could even send to Marco Polo, or you could call and leave a voicemail. Um, So any of those ways, as long as you can get the audio to us and just, you know, you don't have to wax poetic, but just you have an opinion. We'd love to hear why you love the score out of all 64 why that one was the most important to you. Again, the the playlist will be available on Instagram. You can text us. We can uh, send you the link. I've put it to YouTube Music, but it will be accessible on YouTube as well. I don't know if there's someone who has Spotify. And I don't know what the main listening hub for everyone is because I feel like people do Apple Music and Spotify. But So if you really need to make your own playlist, you can. But again, there'll be 64 songs. They're alphabetized. It's also... Just been great to have on in the background and fantastic scores to listen to while you do chores and stuff. So, Um, And then when you fill it out on February 15th, if there's a song you're not familiar with, you can also just refer back to the playlist. So that playlist is accessible now through March. February 15th is the date when brackets will be open. They need to be filled out by March 1st. So that gives us enough time to record. So hopefully that's clear. Okay, without further ado, we'll jump right on into CineMonth 2024. Cinema. So again, we're going to do this very similar to how we've always done it. Some things never change. So whoever's picked this film, I guess we should just do a brief overview of CineMonth really fast. We pick 14 films from different genres. We recreate the film poster. We decide what treat we will consume while we eat, while we, eat, while we watch... <laughs> parentheses we still aren't actually consuming these things they're just yet.
1: hypothetical trees. correct <laughs> someday that might actually come back but for now Probably this year we did actually consume a few i think one <laughs> i can only think of one specifically and earlier in the day i
0: can <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Lara and i each picked seven when we are recapping these films, the person who selected it will do a spoiler-free intro to the film and why we picked it. Then we both will give our ranked rating of the film and if we'd recommend it and any highlights that we want to talk about. Of course, we'll rank all our films that we watched at the end, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully this just gives you some ideas of possible films to watch or to avoid, depending <laughs> On <laughs> what we say. Now, I do feel like we have to start off and say the story of Cinemonth 2024 was very unique. First of all, I was a doubter. I really didn't think we'd be able to do it with the, the intense time difference that we have now, eight hours, just depending so much on work schedules lining up. And so I said, all right, we're going to do Cinemonth asterisk. We're only going to do 10 films instead of 14. But we managed to get through so many in the first half of the month that we decided to try and do all 14. And we did it in record timing. We finished the earliest we've ever uh, done. And it's the first time we've been able to watch some Cinemonth films together in person um, since 2021. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. So that was very fun. And usually Cinnamonth. We try and tie it all to one film. Like while we're watching, we're like, "Hey, this is a connection to this film," and most of the time, it ends up being the very first film that we watch. I I don't I can't really think if that's like a for sure thing all the way through. But this year, instead of connecting the films to each other, there was just one through line that we found in every single film. And I don't know that it's like incredibly difficult to find. Like <laughs> that this isn't just a common trope. It's pretty common. But, um, we just identified besties. But here's the thing is I feel like they were a very peculiar kind of besties. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that further, but, yeah, for this year and this recap, we will also be identifying the besties from each film. All right, We'll march right on into film number one, which was documentary, chosen by me, man with a movie camera. The treat was shrimp. <laughs> don't remember picking that i'm so sorry (laughs) um but yes this the uh spoiler free intro is it is literally the title a man with a movie camera goes about town and observes life Um, i picked it because it has been on my list for film classes and i have been wanting to see it for a really long time um i knew some of the things about it but i just was like it's going to be like kind of artsy and weird and out there. So I it's that, of course, makes me want to watch it. <laughs> but <laughs> let me tell you, it did not disappoint. It literally might be the best film I've ever seen. <laughs> like from a technical standpoint. Oh my gosh, it's so meta. I also love that it's just this propaganda piece for the Soviet Union. But like it does so much more. Oh, it's like if all propaganda was like this, then I would fall for everything, like <laughs> line and sinker. But it's also so fun because like I don't think this can ever be matched or recreated because it's so specific to the time period and like where film in its history is. Like it, if you did it now, it's just not as cool. It's like not as, like it's the all these. Yeah, everybody's seen
1: the tricks, everybody's.
0: Yeah. yeah there's so many discoveries that are happening here and it's just unparalleled and it's also early enough that people are still kind of just behaving as people like on mm-hmm. on the screen like it's a documentary but like people I don't know that's something I love about early documentary is that like people aren't like oh there's a camera on me so I'm gonna behave in a certain way like they might clock in and be like, that's weird, but I'm not just going to behave normally. Whereas that can't happen today. If people see a camera, they're not themselves, you know? They know, yeah. Editing, whoo. the like meta commentary on editing. Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> so in love with this film. Like I was nearly in tears. <laughs> but yeah, it's just all about the creation, the construction, the consumption, the thought of film. And then it's so fun because like you're watching this and you're seeing certain scenes, and then near the end, you're seeing the filming of those exact same scenes, and it's just, like, it's so mind-blowing, and I love it, and all these questions come up, and there's not really, like, a plot or a storyline or a theme, but you're following the man with the movie camera, and who is he? There's all these elements of futurism, and, like, these art history things that are going on as well, this, like, focus and celebration of man and machine. Oh my gosh, I was literally obsessed. I have, like, this whole Long bulleted list of things that I want to talk about and discuss in an essay at some future date. So I don't know when or will, like if that will ever come to be, but oh my gosh, five stars from me.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to read some of the texts that were coming to me from Rachel. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this, while we were watching this, she said. My brain is exploding. Cinema has not surpassed this. This is the actual peak of cinema, and I'm only one-third kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, BRB, gonna go throw up from how much I love this. The only thing that got close was when Cusco stopped the film and drew on it and offended your grandma. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then she said, if this isn't the precursor to the VHS of my life in heaven, and I don't want it <laughs> and then at one point I said people keep texting me and I'm trying to concentrate and she said turn on your don't text me message again <laughs> because for a while I had some weird glitch where my phone just always said I was on do not disturb mode even though I wasn't
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that's so good oh this is so genius
1: I love that you're bringing up our text dialogue Our yeah our feelings in the moment yes Oh my gosh. Well, I will just say, I like what you said, that there's not really a plot. Like, I was recently watching a film, and the first 10 minutes I was like, ooh, this is just eye candy for, like, film lovers. Like, just the shots are so beautiful. And then the plot started happening, and I was like, okay, well, now it's less, like... It's not as cool. Yeah, they're focusing on the characters, and, like, that's what we're used to in film. And so I just loved how this one that doesn't get in the way like it's just cool shots cool shots cool shots mm-hmm. just like a collage in film form like I just I love that
0: yeah and I also loved even though it's like very much man with a movie camera there was a female editor oh there just were so many things I just was like I need to talk about all these things and break them down and watch this movie every day <laughs>
1: yeah and it's only 68 minutes like yeah you could watch I'm it every day. going
0: to make it a part of my morning routine <laughs>
1: Just have it on in the background every day
0: um I also gave it five stars and I would recommend I said duh absolutely duh. <laughs> I don't care who you are you need to see this movie
1: <laughs> yeah I mean to just go into it knowing that it's a collage it's not like a plot but it is beautiful
0: oh it's so good and the besties in this film were the men with the movie camera because at a certain point you realize, wait, we're seeing the man with the movie camera. So who is behind this movie I camera? Ah! Filming
1: the film. So meta.
0: Film. I love it so much.
1: Okay, the next film number two is the Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin film. This is just um Charlie Chaplin a uh, satire on Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. and like I don't know if. The war had begun. It came out in 1940, right?
0: It had, yeah. I mean, it there are like debates of like how you could start categorizing the start of World War One. Hitler made Austria in 39. Austria I definitely meant Poland.
1: So <laughs> 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 Thank you, history major.
0: <laughs> so kind of 39, but like 40 is like 40 to 45 is the general.
1: It was the very beginnings this. of mm. World War II. Charlie Chaplin is Hinkle, who is the uh, making fun of Hitler and then he's also like a Jewish man in the uh, in the ghetto in not Germany it's fake countries. it's they're all fake i picked it because i've been meaning to watch it for a long time it is like one of the highest rated charlie chaplin films just one of the highest rated films in general on a lot of lists and we love charlie chaplin it's not really a silent film i mean it's not usually you think of charlie chaplin and you think of silent but this is is so it's it kind of weird to hear him talking at first <laughs> but it is uh, is it it's black and white yeah it was yeah i gave it five stars again <laughs> as did
0: i we really started strong with our cinema month
1: we did it was just first of all it was hilarious i was laughing so hard he's so funny and he's just there's all these like little classic charlie chaplin like humor tropes It seems so bold that he's doing this while Hitler is alive, like, and he's publishing or it's being released as a current event. Like, these things are currently happening. It's not like someone making fun of Hitler that happened uh, 20, 30, 50, 90 years ago. I don't know why here we are in now. But then it also is so meaningful. Like at the end, he gives this speech just about, I don't even remember, like humanity and being kind to people. And I was like about to cry. Like, it was just so beautiful knowing that it came out in that time period too.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I I just thought this was a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. I think I read that Hitler had it banned from Germany, but that like he also watched it. He had, like, a private screening, and Charlie Chaplin was like, I would give anything to know what he thought (laughs) about
1: it. (laughs) Watch his reactions. Yeah,
0: it's kind of an interesting thing, like, what do we care what he thought? But, like, I don't know. It is also kind of funny. Like, you hope that he just feels angry and stupid. Yeah,
1: embarrassed. Mm -hmm.
0: Having to remember that he's making fun of Hitler and not just, like, German, (laughs) like, the German language and stuff. (laughs) But um, it is very it's it's this really interesting thing that we talked about. I don't even remember what it was about. I think it was in the Tootsie episode um, where like comedy and horror are like so closely linked because it's like this really awful person and subject, but he's able to make it so hilarious and just very much mock him, turn him into a buffoon. And not even, like, Hitler only, but, like, the whole regime. Yeah, like, what you were saying about the timing of it all. It, it is really fascinating with this and Casablanca, just to think about, like, they're such impactful films, but then they, they take on this whole other level of meaning when you think about when they were released and why they were released and the impact it would have watching it as someone. And
1: they don't, they didn't know the end result. Of, right. They didn't right. know what was going to happen. Yeah. And if it would end. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the monologue, of course, is like, I feel like it was this interesting thing where I was like, this is really funny. I'm very much enjoying it. And then that ending monologue, you're like, holy crap, this is an amazing film. <laughs> you know, it like is, really yeah. seals.
1: It was the last 10 minutes. that was like, oh, oh
0: yeah, <laughs> this, yeah,
1: it's beautiful. And Charlie <laughs> Chaplin's just so, so cute. So sweet. Yeah. He's, he's just even when he's Kinkle. He's just, like, so funny. Right. I didn't say the treat was white bread and salami. Because I think. That's right.
0: Just some of the names that are so funny. Like, someone's named Banana. Someone's General Smell Awful. Like, <laughs> but they're all said in these, like, very, like, j- German gir- gibberish. Wow. German gibberish sentences that, like, makes it seem like it could be legit. And then you're like, oh, wait.
1: <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's, that's a real word.
0: Like, you also pointed out someone was the director of Bacteria. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tiny white bread sandwiches and salamis. More specifically, uh, white bread. Oh, the besties were there was a guy named Schultz who... It, what was Charlie Chaplin's name? The character? Not Hinkle.
0: I don't remember. Was He, he was yeah. a Jewish
1: barber? Yeah. So the, he was in the war, World War One, with um, General Schultz. And so they were friends in the war and then later they meet again and they're besties (laughs) i was in love with general schultz (laughs) (laughs) oh and that was the other thing
0: too about the uh historic timing of it is the triumph of the will which is this film that is a very propagandic forward that hitler produced they very he very much references Some of the shots in Triumph of the Will, which just adds another layer of like the comedy and also like the authenticity of the time. So, Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. And Charlie Chaplin is so interesting because he's very comedic, but he also has always been about the social commentary. Whereas Mm -hmm. I think some of the other comedians that are his contemporaries are a little bit more just focused on like how can we push the genre of comedy and Stunts and like, how do we kind of like translate vaudeville to the screen? Which I don't think makes it any lesser, but he just always kind of had this like twofold approach to his storytelling, which was comedy, character acting, but then also a commentary on what was happening with society at large. Yeah, I said I would absolutely recommend. Same, yeah, there's no reason you shouldn't watch this, yeah. All right, our next movie was my pick for action film. I think I did this because you stole the silent category, and so I said, fine, I'll choose a category. <laughs> I don't know why month becomes petty for me sometimes,
1: but it does. Wait, but it wasn't even a silent film.
0: I know, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> usually you take the the horror genre from me early on, and so then I, I retaliate. Anyway, for the action genre, I picked... In Bruges <laughs> and at one point uh, Colin says they he like buys drinks at a bar and he says here I got you a gay beer so that was the the treat. <laughs> Lauren suggested that <laughs> but the uh, intro to this is two hitmen arrive in Bruges and deal with past and present trauma and also it's just Colin Firth well his character insulting Bruges the whole time and I kept getting so offended <laughs> Colin Farrell. Farrell. I, well, I, I keep calling Colin Firth. That's terrible. Colin Farrell. I picked it because it has Ray Fiennes in it, but not nearly enough. But also it has uh, Brendan and Colin, which we are big fans of. Mm-hmm. This movie, it was enjoyable. It was definitely a step down from the first two <laughs> movies yes. of Cid month. But the accents are really fun to listen to. The acting is impeccable. We love Brendan and Colin. And it had some really cool shots to it, too. So mm-hmm.
1: it's so funny, but also like a little bit, it, I mean, very irreverent, uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's supposed to be this humorous, just like jerk where he <laughs> says the most off color things about anyone and anything. And so it's kind of like, I love that. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. That
0: was really interesting. I feel like I hated him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I knew that I should hate him, but I... Still loved him because he's but, gorgeous. Because it's called
0: um, Yes. I was so confused why Fleur Delacour fell in love with him. I didn't I didn't understand it. I did. <laughs> A lot of these texts are just me wanting Rafe finds to come on screen.
1: when he did it, it was so funny. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, he was real sweary.
1: <laughs> he, he was so sweary. Everyone was real sweary actually. This is My true. favorite part was Colin Farrell was like just sitting on a bench um, and um, this guy that he knows walks past and he waves at him so excitedly. And he just keeps walking, doesn't even wave, and he just says this horrible square word at him. And I was like, that's it at Disney World when people don't wave back. I forgot about that. <laughs> it gave me such a wheeze just now.
0: <laughs> I related so deeply to And you. then, oh my gosh, it's true because in Walt Disney World, we would wave at so many people and no one would wave back. And then in Disneyland, people would wave back. So it's a East Coast, West Coast thing, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is funny because California is kind of notorious for people being, I don't know, so standoffish. Cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. I just found the text. I said, I am cackling. <laughs> um, And it, it like got intense. I was I was stressed. Yeah. Obviously, the besties were, well, low key Rafe and Brendan at some point, but also Brendan and and Colin, yeah, Brandon's just besties with literally everybody. He's the best character in this he's whole film.
1: Yes, he's the hero.
0: Lauren, maybe Lauren's favorite scene or maybe favorite line of dialogue of all of cinema that came from this movie.
1: <laughs> what was it? What Brandon says to to Ray, find something like, "I can't kill you, like no matter what," and he just goes.
0: Like, well, I think, I, I think Rafe is like a spoilers, but I think Rafe is like threatening Brendan, and he's like, I fully respect you for like what you're doing, and like every like he just was like, I'm not gonna fight because I respect you, and he just was so taken aback by it but Lauren loves it. So
1: it's just like <laughs> this sound that comes out of his mouth is just so like it doesn't seem like something that Rafe Rafeine should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, a critique of I... him. <laughs> my other favorite part is when they they go to an art museum in bruges and it just shows colin Farrell looking at this it's a it's a painting of a saint being flight or no like the skin yeah yeah so it's kind of a disturbing painting but it just focuses on his reaction to it and he just looks so disgusted <laughs> and i'm like honestly same like i feel I feel the same way in the art museum sometimes. Like, why did they draw this? (laughs) Hey, you
0: didn't have horror films. You got to get it somewhere.
1: I love Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson together. They just have this, like, on-screen chemistry, not romantically, but they just, like, feed off each other. And it's a really unexpected combination, too. Mm. Like, they're both Irish, I think. It's just so fun to see them interacting with each other. They're both in banshees of a Sharon, where they're also besties for a second <laughs> it's real sad i just want them to make a movie with the both of them where they're just happy and they can be besties and nothing bad happens to them.
0: <laughs> i don't think it would make for a very entertaining film unless it's like a comedy I
1: because i just love seeing them together like that's yeah. all i want is just want them together doing stuff hanging out no drama nothing like man with a movie camera, just with Brendan and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I gave it three and a half stars. I
0: gave it four. Mm. Um, I recommend it only for like the fans of the actors who, because like it wasn't. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but I don't. I'm not like, wow, this was a waste of time, you know. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it was just like a really dark goblet of fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Mad-Eye Moody. Moody. <laughs> Hi, Mad-A. Was a bit of a Forrest Gump accent coming out. <laughs> mad Moody Voldemort. Technically, I mean, he's not in Goblet of Fire, but he's in the Harry Potter universe. And Fleur Delacour. They were all in this. With accents.
1: And guns. And <laughs> guns instead of wands. Yeah, there's some violence. Yeah, I would just recommend if you Love Colin. And Brendan and Brave. Okay, yeah. If you're a Deep Brave fan, you've got to see this. <laughs> Check. Film number four is the Last Picture Show, which was under the category of film poster. I didn't realize that this is on the. Why is this on the film poster? I told you I picked it because it's on every list ever. Like I it's on I the knew FI it was like a. And the film poster.
0: Film, but I, I'm
1: like, I don't want to scratch that off. What's going to be underneath a diving board. Gross. So yeah, I chose it because it's on all these lists of movies that I'm trying to complete. It's on our film poster, so we were going to watch it anyways, probably. And I didn't think... I don't know. So it's just about kids in Texas, pretty much. Like, there's, like, one main character. What era was it? Nineteen thirty 40s, 50s? It, it feels like 50s. Maybe the 60s. Basically just their lives... Like, it's kind of a coming-of-age story. Like, there are seniors in high school kind of navigating, like, getting older, graduating. I would not recommend this film. <laughs> I didn't understand. I was, I've, like, looked up multiple times. Why is this, like, a critically acclaimed film? Why? It won multiple Oscars, I think. It's just a dry season, I guess. I don't know. It just, like, there wasn't really a plot. There was a lot of, like adults sleeping with kids, I mean, teenagers, um, which felt really icky. Yes, there were so many felonies
0: committed in this film, but and none of them, like, were ever acknowledged or punished. They were acknowledged, but everyone was just like, yeah, that's chill, you know, like.
1: Yeah, and someone dies in the end, and they're just like, okay. <laughs> There's one show of emotion At the very end. Maybe that's why everyone loved it is, like, the contrast. I don't know. I think he did. He won Best Actor. I did enjoy... So, it's Jeff Bridges. Maybe Jeff Bridges' first movie. He's one of the high school kids. Jeff Bridges. And then... Oh, Sam the Lion. He's, like, the mentor. He won Best Actor, even though he's not... Why? I don't...
0: I I don't get it.
1: He was probably the best part. Like, he was... He was the most normal guy and, like, the, the best role model for everybody. Oh, it was just actor in a supporting role. And then I think that Coach's wife was also – she also won. And, like, yeah. she
0: did – I her performance was good. I just don't really get the point. Like, I don't really know what the messaging was because I, I don't – I think there's a way to, like, have a film about, like, teenagers – Coming into sexuality and, like, navigating that and trying to figure out if that makes them an adult or, like, what does it mean to grow up? You know, I think those are all themes that are worth exploring, but I don't feel like that really explored it. Like, it just was, like, so focused on, like, juvenile sex, but, like, often with much older people. And it just was, like, these adults are incredibly messed up. Everyone was so...
1: Like, like I don't need to be in this. Story. And it was just the
0: fact that like it was all okay. You know? Like it it wasn't like sneaking. It wasn't like the graduate where there's like some sneaking around. But then he's also not underaged in the graduate. Like yeah. <laughs> that was the thing I just was like having such a hard time with the whole thing. Was just like, oh, this these are this is really this is like very, very twisted and awful. And there's like no real acknowledgement of that ever because a lot of the other adults will say to the main character be like well we know that you're sleeping with this older lady and he's like oh you knew that oh and like no one ever is like you shouldn't do that yeah there's never any sort of requirement for I don't oh it
1: just was awful yeah it, was so, it just feels very like dismissive of any kind of morality I don't know yeah well it, it, it just because yeah, and- happens yeah and and it's just because
0: all these children like they are almost children like they are all under age they're all under the age of 19 like they, they even if it's so-called consensual it's not because they are under the age of 19 like ah it was driving me absolutely crazy so mm, i did like the ending shot i thought the ending shot with the the picture show movie theater being closed was beautiful and mm-hmm. symbolic but it just was like uh, what was the point of suffering through all of this There, wh-
1: it really it felt like it was three and a half hours long it wasn't even two hours like yes it just dragged and dragged it, it just
0: yeah because I think there's maybe a way of like showing like look at these broken people and how they suffer or like look at these broken people and the choices they make and like look at those consequences but there just was none of that it just was like this is all happening these broken people <laughs> so I don't know Maybe I'm missing something, but I just, I thought it was really not great. I gave it at one and a half stars.
1: I think I gave it, what did I give? I gave it two and a half because I did like some of the cinematography, some of the choices they made with like the shots and stuff. And I did like some of the acting. Like I appreciated if there were a few parts, a few monologues that are like, oh, that was a good, that was well done. But yeah, I will not be watching again. Too many felonies. Yeah, the treat was cheeseburgers because there's like a diner and they go eat cheeseburgers pretty often.
0: And the besties were the frenemies that
1: kept fighting over a girl. The Jeff Bridges and the other guy.
0: (laughs) Our next film was my pick for horror and it was The Island of Dr. Moreau. Our treat was rabbits or (laughs) dinners. Very specific. But the real one was Baybel cheese because at a certain point there's a character that holds up an implanted like shocker and lauren was like is that baybell cheese <laughs> it was red this film uh, was the first one that we watched together in person so that's fun a lone survivor of a shipwreck finds himself on an island of a mad scientist and his creatures i picked this it's been on my long list of um horror films that I choose from for Spooky Series, but I've been saving it to watch with you because it has Marlon Brando in it, and it also has Val Kilmer and David Thewlis. It was something.
1: (laughs) Not the best Marlon Brando film scene. have seen. No.
0: Wild and whack are the terms I would use to describe it. It really missed the mark. Like, I feel like it could have been something, but just... I don't think Marlon took it seriously. I don't think Val really took it seriously. Poor David. I feel like he gave it a half-hearted attempt. Yeah, like, he tried. I feel like he tried, but um, even he was not like. I wasn't moved by his performance. I think he's he's done better work since then. But it's pretty goofy. It it's really a big commentary on like animal testing and animal trials and like messing with the meat.
1: line between humans and animals. I think a little too. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: question of. Where does science and like where does it when does it go too far and the morality of experimentation because it was based off of a novel a short story some sort of writing I think in the late eighteen hundreds and there have been other productions based on it but I don't know wasn't great this one this one I gave a star and a half
1: I gave one star. Okay. Even like the costumes like they're essentially animalistic humans like, but it just looked like a human wearing fur and like the, I don't know, <laughs> their faces looked really freaky. Didn't seem like a very high budget film even though maybe it was. I don't know how much they spent on it but
0: And like the dialogue had its moments where it could have been something great. Like they really it could have been an interesting commentary and I feel like like, it, it could have been, but it wasn't. And it really missed the mark. Um, I would recommend it for a good, bad movie night. Like, I feel like this is right up your cousin's alley of, like, picking <laughs> something that is like... Or, you know, when you're just in the mood for, like, something really bad that you can just laugh at and make fun of. This mm-hmm. is a great selection for that.
1: I and it has great it. actors. Yeah. Oh, I loved seeing Marlon Brando. Like, we were laughing so hard at his outfits. And Marlon
0: is literally <laughs> you would say. crazy in this.
1: He's so funny. So we watched this the first night I got to Paris and I had slept probably a total of two hours <laughs> the, on the plane. I hadn't slept since I got there. And so I was in and out of sleep and it really just feels like a giant fever dream. Like I, <laughs> And listen, it's one of the rarest
0: occasions where Lauren fell asleep during a film and I didn't. And it still felt like a fever dream for me, even though I was completely lucid <laughs> the whole time.
1: Yeah, I like I have a few memories of it, and it was they were not good, not good ones.
0: But Marlon does play I wanna. It's I think it's Claire de Lune on the piano oh. at one point, which was a delight. But yeah, this is my first Val Kilmer film in live action form. Obviously, I'm obsessed with his voice acting in uh, Prince of Egypt, but wasn't like terribly impressed. So I feel like I'm gonna have to try it again. <laughs> We're gonna thing.
1: watch. We're gonna watch Heat when you come back.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: I've decided just now.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: okay. Next film. Oh, I forgot to mention who the besties were. Oh um, yeah. Wasn't it Marlon? Marlon and Val? Yeah. Yeah. Val loved him so much. Yeah. And Marlon was just <laughs> a magnanimous ruler who loved. Oh everything.
0: man, Marlon is so unhinged.
1: <laughs> okay, the next film. Uh, was in the category of thriller. I don't. I don't know if it necessarily fits that film or category, but it was The Insider, starring Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. Uh, it is about. Uh, it's about a real thing, based on a true story. It's just about a guy who works for a tobacco company gets fired, and then Al Pacino is. He works for 60 Minutes. He's a producer for 60 Minutes. He reaches out to Russell Crowe, who is the the insider, the guy who's been working for the tobacco company, to talk about tobacco and how companies, tobacco companies have kind of sneaked around health regulations and said that it's not addictive, even though it has been proven to be addictive. And yeah, it's based on a true story um, and a real 60 minutes interview because it's a Best Picture nominee and it has Al Pacino in it. <laughs> and I thought that would be fun to have an Al Pacino film since we usually do that. And we had a Marlon Brando film. So I was like, well, we got to have Al Pacino representation. <laughs> I feel like it's been on our, just our list of movies to watch too for a long time. So mm-hmm. finally got it in. Um, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it four stars. Mostly Al Pacino's performance is very good always he's always very good yeah it's a little bit slow sometimes they like try to make it really intense and um and you do feel kind of stressed out a few times but then it turns out to be nothing so I feel like maybe a little bit more action would have been more exciting but it's based on a true story like it's not like there's action yeah I don't know that it's
0: not like oh there should have been more action it's like I kind of had more qualms of like, oh, they're trying to make this maybe more dramatic. And then there's like not a payoff. Like the main thing I'm thinking of, and maybe this is a bit of a spoiler, but like at one point, Russell Crowe's computer gets taken and like then that's never really addressed again. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of expect there to be a little bit more ramifications with that. So it's like it had its, there were some moments, but I feel like sometimes they forgot to like pay them off. And if there was no payoff that they were just including it. To be more dramatic when it's like, oh, I think the story kind of is enough yeah. as it is. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. I thought the acting was superb across the board, was in, like invested in the story. I thought it was really interesting. Christopher uh, Plummer? Yes. <laughs> he, he is a very interesting character in it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. It's about Russell Crowe, but there are these other personalities and other big people involved in it as well. And it's well, so it's it seems
1: like, like. It's more about. Lowell Bergman, Al Pacino, because right. it's like, and his decisions related to the publication of the mm, income. Okay. okay. Right. I, I yeah. feel like they're kind of co-main characters. Like, it's kind of about, it's a story about it's- Russell Crowe's character and Al Pacino's character and how they work together and come together. hmm Yeah. And I think it's, it's
0: not just a story about the courage of coming forward with information as much as like how do stories get shared and how are they promoted and like what difference would it have made if they hadn't have aired what they did anyway i feel like i don't want to talk too much about it because it gives mm-hmm. away a lot of the plot and stuff um it is a little bit spoilery it is interesting like i would like to have a discussion about it with people who've who've watched it just the commentaries i think on what it says about american television and the influence Dude. that it
1: has yeah
0: but then also like there is a very real line of integrity that is defended amidst all of this from al pacino's character and i yeah that was one of my favorite parts of it i i do agree with you about the pacing i think it's a titch long it was like our longest film um so i don't know like what they should have cut out yeah i just think there could have been a little bit better editing of tightening things up a little bit more and maybe like getting rid of some of these like Ooh, what's going to happen? Scary. <laughs> He's over here. He's over <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would recommend it. I actually feel like it is a great film and about a subject that would be interesting to a lot of people. Um, I don't really remember why it's rated R. Like, I
1: must, it just must be language. language. Just swear out. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> the treat was bottle caps because I brought bottle caps with me to Paris and I was just downing them during this film. <laughs> And I was like, my bottle caps are just as addicting as cigarettes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's one of the main things of the film is like how
0: addictive tobacco is. and Right. And um, tobacco companies trying to cover that up.
1: Yeah. And the besties are Al Pacino and Russell Crowe, Lowell Bergman and um, Jeffrey Weigand. Just because they're like always calling each other on the phone and like something goes wrong and Jeffrey calls Al Pacino on the phone. The next film is sci-fi fantasy and I picked
0: 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It really should have been in a whale of a tail air horn. This was an additional, the first additional Film that was added to the list because of the Nautilus here at Disneyland Paris and we wanted I wanted to well you had walked through it but then I was like it's so much better if you've seen the film you have so much more appreciation for it so then we added it to Cinemonth. A professor, his assistant, and a loser. I pulled that straight from Letterboxd, not my words. Um, (laughs) I don't believe you! (laughs) Who can? uh, Okay, let me start over. A professor, his assistant, and a loser who can sing a 10 out of 10 song are attacked (laughs) and rescued by a complicated captain and his genius inventions. Not written by me. I've already talked about this film in last month's episode, but I love James Mason and his performance and everything about him. I despise the character of Ned except for when he sings Whale of a Tale, which is close to my heart. Special effects, 10 out of 10. Amazing. Some good old time. Love, Peter Laurie. Three and a half stars. Would recommend.
1: Such a, just a good classic, like, live action Disney film. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think back on it I just feel so cozy like I have these cozy cozy feelings because it was so warm in the nautilus in Disneyland Paris and it was so cold outside and so I just go in there and be like "Ah, oh, feels so nice in here and then when we watched the film I was like oh it's so cozy in that little nautilus <laughs> and I feel like we had lots of blankets and I might have turned my heater on like mm-hmm was that the so night that I we didn't... had hot chocolate? I don't remember. Mm. It's funny, though, because you just hate Ned so much, and I developed such a crush on him. Like, <laughs> I don't know I why. I feel like it's because
0: I hate him so much that you like
1: him. But no, I was like, oh, yeah, he's a jerk. Like, he's rude. But then the whole movie, like, I was just like, wait, I really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, thick took his shirt off right there. like. <laughs> Kissing this little seal, like he's—I, it's Kirk Douglas, so of course he's kind of a hottie. But, but this I is... just watched. Good. I just watched Spartacus, and I was not really attracted to him in that. Mm. Which is funny because I feel like that's what he's most famous for, and most people love him for. Right. But he is just so much cuter as Ned. I think as Ned, he's just like a lot more, just like happy and mm. unhinged a little bit. In his other films, I think he's really serious, so it's fun to see him in this. It's like because Ke- Nemo is so 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 serious, so I think yes, Ned that is my, like the opposite of my him. broody emo captain. Oh,
0: <laughs> um, I was gonna say at least if we ever got captured on the Nautilus, assuming that Ned is also there for some reason, that it would be fine. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be vying for the same man. So it's
1: true, and our favorite part is. <laughs> A good old visual gag, the best thing on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we'll just say one of the best acting, like body acting ever performed on screen is when Captain Nemo is surprised underwater. So now, if that is not a teaser to go watch the film, I don't know what is, but we did recreate that on the Tower of Terror in our picture. So
1: (laughs) I forgot. Don't forget the treat.
0: Oh, yeah. Cream. (laughs) Cream from a sperm whale, I believe. (laughs) They're just they like have dinner and they're like so excited to eat the food and they're eating it. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. And then they like hear what sea creature comes from and they're like, oh, that's gross. But it's like. where do you think you are? You're literally under the sea. Where do like, do you think he's gonna get this? And I I could just keep talking. It is like exactly what you said. Like it's a Disney live action. It's kind of goofy silly. Like not the most serious of films. But I, I, I find it very enjoyable. And the special effects are so fun and impressive for the time. And I am just so in love with the Harper Goff um, design of the nautilus it is so stinking cool i love it mm-hmm. it's like steampunk um, jules burn mix yeah. crossover and of course i knew that you thought i was gonna say that i'm so in love with captain nemo which is also true but
1: i also gave it three and a half and, and the would... besties Ooh. the besties were i think nemo and the professor they do develop quite a bestie ship but also ned and peter ned Mori's and- character. yeah and Ned and the SEAL. Esmeralda. Esmeralda.
0: <laughs> Honestly, best the besties are Captain Nemo and his entire crew. <laughs> You're right.
1: They love him so much. Just like you. Oh. Side me up. Yes, um, I would recommend. Perfect. All right, it is time for our sponsor story. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Captain Howdy. <laughs> You talked about The Exorcist briefly la- in our film recap episode last time. But yeah, we watched it in October last year, and it was just so funny how much we, like, I don't know, connected with it? Like, I don't think we necessarily love the film, but just, like... Yeah. Anyways, in the film, you find out that Regan, the little girl, is using a Ouija board, and... The spirit that she's talking to is named Captain Howdy, and <laughs> that's the devil, apparently. <laughs> we just thought that was hilarious. So it's just funny, we were, whenever we're talking about the devil, his name is Captain Howdy. But the night before Halloween, I was on call. They had told me, like, you might have to come in. We're not sure if this patient's gonna go to ICU or not. So just kind of, I understood it to be, we'll call you and tell you if it's gonna be yes or no. So I was just sitting in my bed waiting for them to call me back and like hours were passing and I was just kind of dozing off and then Rachel Snapchats me because she's waking up because in Paris it's a regular time of day and I, let me see, I (laughs) screenshot (laughs) it, so she just sends me a picture and then I said, um, I said, not sure if they still need to come in tonight, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. I don't know why I felt, I don't know, I was half asleep. Also, the N hat's like the N Y and from <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> it's not sure if they still need to come in tonight. And Rachel just says, what? <laughs> Is you Captain Howdy? <laughs> like, are you possessed? <laughs> and then I just told her, I was thinking for a moment, maybe you're at the hospital, but you're not. <laughs> And she said, You're not making any sense. Yeah, this is, I have no context for this. I was <laughs> like, What is going on? And then I said, I think I dreamed you were at the hospital deciding if you should call me in or not. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, when you're kind of in that twilight zone of half asleep, half not, and something happens when you're awake and you assume it. Anyways, she said, Blink twice if you're being held hostage. <laughs> so. And I do just want to shout out um our exorcist halloween costumes mm-hmm. and speaking so of good. besties just the main the older priest Father Marin for some reason when he first came on screen in the first 10 minutes I don't know he was just like chatting with someone and Rachel was like he's a bestie and then anytime he came on screen we're like yes bestie <laughs> and i i said in the first 10 minutes i texted her i want to be him for halloween and and then rachel decided she was gonna be damien Damien. and so at one point i we i found out that his name was father marion and like the devil had been screaming about marion or whatever so i was like oh my gosh his name is marion and rachel was like no it's bestie Thank you, Captain Hattie and the Exorcist for entertaining us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Best and
0: Bestie, us. most of all.
1: Most of all, Bestie, Father Mary.
0: I forgot about <laughs> that Snapchat conversation. Oh my gosh, because I don't know why, like, when you just read it like that, it was fine. But when I was interpreting what you were saying, it sounded like you were, like, so irritated that I wasn't understanding. <laughs> you are like, this is so obvious, like, what's happening. And well, I, really I think was, I was. Like, Yeah, I really was like, I don't know, like, nothing that you said, everything that you have sent me, it means nothing to me. (laughs) It's so good. Oh,
1: it's too good. And I just thought it was hilarious the next day when I woke up and I was like, fully lucid, is you, Captain Howdy, (laughs) like, I thought that was so good.
0: Well, that was the thing, I said that as a joke, and then I feel like you were- so bad You like, no <laughs>
1: <I'm> possessed <laughs>
0: oh so good wow well, don't lose that famous temper of yours
1: um, um
0: okay the next film
1: wait I'm just trying to find the when I texted you about it the next day okay I think
0: enough time has passed I don't know technically you quoted the next part but you didn't call it out
1: oh I forgot that that was the <laughs>
0: point of
1: these episodes <laughs> is to that's the godfather quote
0: and i think i i think i get a point for that one all right you can because i I, I'm
1: supposed to do that.
0: I wrote that quote down at the very beginning and i was like i've got to figure out a way to sneak <laughs> it in
1: <laughs> oh so you did a good job um deciding beforehand
0: <laughs> well i was like if i think of one in the moment because it might not be super uh super sneaky but took a chance
1: and the next film was in the category of international, or foreign film. Um, It was Le Samurai. Did I say it right? Le Samurai, yeah. Um, this is, uh, I don't know what year it's from, but it's a French film. Um, I'm pretty sure Ryan Hatch told us to watch it. And so I put it on the list, and I've been waiting for an opportunity for us to watch it. It's just about, like, it's he's a professional hitman, and he is seen by witnesses, after professional hitman, Jeff Costello is seen by witnesses. His efforts to provide himself an alibi drive from further into a corner. That's what IMDb says. Mm. I think the other reason I wanted to watch it is because Alain Alain Delon, he's the main actor. He was in, um, I watched the French Purple Noon. It's like the talented Mr. Ripley. And he's so beautiful in it. So I was like, I'll watch any film I can that has him in it. I enjoyed it. It was especially fun to watch it because we had spent the day in Paris. And so, and this film takes place in Paris. And he's like riding the subway and stuff. And we were riding the subway. So that was a really fun seeing it in real life that same day. Or I think we like started it, watched it for
0: multiple days. We did. We started it Saturday night, but that was like after spending a whole day at Disneyland Paris. So we were both tired. And then we watched a little bit more again the next day but we were very tired again. <laughs> and so we finished it Monday, which was good because that was our Paris Metro day. Yes. Where we exclusively just spent all our day in the metro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paris Metro day. I gave it 4 stars. Looks As like you also gave it 4 stars.
0: I I want to watch it again in one sitting. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um I really loved the costumes and like the wardrobe, I guess I should say. And the characters, they were very, it was very well done. Like, I I was intrigued the whole time. I don't know that there's a ton of plot, you know, but I don't think that that's necessary. I I think when I was thinking back on it, I was like, what happened in this movie? (laughs) Like, But yeah, I liked it. I feel like I would like to give it another go and would recommend generally.
1: Yeah, if you like film and you like France, you'll like this film. Yeah, he's just like this cool guy that he doesn't, he seems like he doesn't have any friends, but... His bestie is this random guy in the ran- in some boonies that will, like, change the plates on his oh, car. Oh, yeah! I forgot. His guns. <laughs> the treat is Orangina, because there is an advertisement for Orangina, which is a French drink, mm-hmm. which we drank, and yeah. I had it that very morning <laughs> at the Louvre. That same day. That very day. Too bad I
0: already wasted my godfather quote. All right, our next film was a mystery. And I picked Stranger on a Train. Strangers on a Train? I think it's Strangers on a Train. By Alfred Hitchcock. The treat was popcorn, which we could have had if auction actually decided to stock popcorn. And I made poor poor Lauren the first day that she's here. And I'm, like, making her wander every single aisle of this ginormous grocery store. And she's like, it's okay. I don't really need popcorn. And I'm like, I'm just going to check one more place. And one more place turned into, like, five. No wonder you were falling asleep during... Uh, And the island of Dr. Moreau. So, strangers on a train, a delusional man proposes an idea to exchange committing hypothetical murders with a famous tennis player who realizes too late it may not all be a fun thought exercise. I picked this because um, I feel like Niall once said that he really liked it. And, of course, Alfred. But I'm also realizing, where was Alfred? I forgot to look up his cameo.
1: His daughter's in it.
0: Yeah, she's also in Psycho. It was pretty good. It had some good suspense, especially like the fair scenes. Where... It
1: says Alfred Hitchcock was the man boarding a train carrying a double, and then I can't read the rest of it. Mm. So probably the very beginning he's getting on the train. Classic
0: Alfred always getting on the buses or the trains in his films.
1: In transit.
0: <laughs> like the fair scene, the first fair scene, I feel like is pretty, pretty spook. The carousel? Yeah. I, I feel like I was fading a little bit in and out of consciousness, and like, talk about a fever dream. So much happened with that carousel, and it was cool, but yeah. also like, what? what? And I, I feel like
1: little bit too
0: intense. Not to be super spoilery, but like, how like the death rate, the death count from that merry-go-round alone
1: should have been much higher than I think <laughs> it was.
0: Uh, I think I had like really high expectations going into it. And it was cool, and I liked it, but it just, like, wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And maybe that's why I haven't really heard that much discussion of it before. Um, Mostly because it felt like a lot of it could be solved with, like, a few conversations. (laughs)
1: Like, telling the police the instant you know what's going on. Yeah.
0: Because I feel like they tried to, like, drum up the, well, there's reasons why he couldn't, but then when everyone else in his life believed him, it was like, I think you have enough like status that they're gonna believe you over this like yeah. truly insane person
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's not like the best alfred hitchcock film but it does have elements when he's like going to the i don't know where he's going but the guy's just standing there in front of the building watching him that that's very,
0: and like yeah. the tennis scene
1: yeah that when part's really fun him and everyone else is watching
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that one's fun
0: and like the love boats is fun (laughs) so yeah there's really good moments and I think it's worth watching especially if you're a Hitchcock fan Mm -hmm. um so would recommend for those of you in the audience but kind of go in with like adjusted expectations I gave it three and a half stars
1: I gave the same okay the next film was in the comedy category it is Ed Wood which I only knew about this film because it was on The Framed When we used to do that every day. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about the
0: framed in so long.
1: (gasps) Which is like Wordle, but with film pictures, and you have to figure out which film it is before the last picture. What a fun game. Yeah. Except they kept doing movies I had no idea, like, and I never would watch. So, yeah. But it's starring Johnny Depp. It's about this act, this, it's kind of like a biopic about Ed Wood, who is he was a director i think he's most famously referred to as like the worst director of all time like or the director of the worst films of all time mm. but he was almost like unaware of it like he was just happy to be doing what he loved which was making movies so and he he becomes besties with bella lugosi bella and that was real and actually so it's directed by tim burton and in the imdb it said it's he related it to he became besties with vincent price when vincent price was almost like past his prime near the end of his life so he he based that relationship on that's so wholesome (laughs) wholesome. besties besties but so i chose it because it's about it has bella lugosi right the I mean, not El Lugosi, but featuring someone pretending to be El Lugosi, and he does a very good job, and he He, did win Best Supporting Actor for it. Yes,
0: I'm- I forgot his name. He's in- the only thing I recognized him from, he's in North by Northwest. He's, like, one of the goons of James Mason connection. Like, when I saw a picture of him, I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who it is. He has, like, buggy eyes. He's super tall. His Um, name's
1: Martin Lando?
0: Martin Lando, yes. And down? Yeah, I was like shook. I can kind of see him. Um, it's black and white. They put a lot of makeup on him. He does an incredible job though. Mm-hmm. Very, very much deserving of that Oscar.
1: Um, it is such a goofy, like weird film. Like pretty typical of Tim Burton. But I like the main thing is that Ed Wood liked to dress up in female or women's clothes. So there's like this whole theme about like transvestite and like bill murray's in it as like a gay character so there's kind of a lot of weird themes in it but my favorite part was just um, <laughs> their his relationship with bella lugosi mm-hmm.
0: yeah well and it's not even that like I, I i'm just putting an addendum to what you're saying um or at least what i think you're meaning it, it's not like that those themes are weird but like the way that they're handled and and portrayed that had like some interesting choices along with it yeah. like it didn't really feel like necessarily. Like the most redemptive characters, but yeah, it's fun. It's in black and white, um which mm-hmm. I always love, and it is yeah. very funny. I don't know that even like the friendship with Belu Gosi is the main subject of the film, but like it was absolutely my favorite part. Like I want to watch a mini series of just them being friends <laughs> and hanging out.
1: Besties, it's so fun to see Johnny Depp because this came out in ninety four, so it's young Johnny Depp. He
0: is in an, an fetus, <laughs> an infant, and a child.
1: <laughs> he's so young and he's just so cute and like wholesome like totally trying to make everyone happy just doing his best i also read this as like tim burton's love letter to like classic horror films and just like i I mostly saw that in the credits like the opening credits mm-hmm. um, and just the black and white and like the effects sometimes yeah because i feel like um
0: i see that more in like frank and weedy but that's Mm -hmm. a bit more overt because there's like such obvious allusions to universal classic horror. But probably, yeah, like a lot of like, it's probably more subtle. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that Sarah Jessica Parker is also in this. I think she does a great job as well.
1: Mm -hmm. My favorite part was when it's Halloween and he's at Fellow Lugosi's house and he's like, I love children. And he goes out with his cape and he's like, happy Halloween and scares them <laughs> and they all run away.
0: <laughs> That's my future I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I love him. Mm. I feel like if I were to snap mentally, I think I would just become a cartoonish version of Dracula. Like, I think we've had a lot of film club questions that have danced around that. And I think that like I would become Martin Lando being Bela Lugosi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you say what the treat was? The treat was morphine. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Lugosi apparently had a morphine addiction. Poor Bella, but I think he went to rehab. Both in the yeah, film, yeah, well, I think that was true story. Yeah, yeah, but he was one of the first, um, famous stars who like publicly went to rehab. Way to go, Bella! And the besties, of course, were Bella Lugosi and Edward. Yes.
0: I gave it three and a half stars, and I would recommend it for Drac fans, aka Tim Burton and Johnny Depp and Bela Lugosi fans, but Drac being Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also gave three and a half. All right, next film is Romance, and I picked Sullivan's Travels. The treat was coffee slash eggs and ham, <laughs> since we don't drink coffee. <laughs> but yeah, we do use it. morphine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> everything else on this list we did consume <laughs> the plot is a movie producer wants to create something that shows true suffering and embarks on a journey to learn firsthand what it's like to be a bum instead of a bum which is what i am just what i am i picked this because ryan hatch literally recommended it to me most recently in the christmas card he wrote for me <laughs> it's <laughs> been great i was thinking about it and thinking about films i wanted to pick for film club and decide oh, i keep saying film club for cinema month Goodness, all my brands are getting to me. <laughs> um, and I texted Laura and I was like, "Okay, I'm picking this one instead of what other film I had picked previously." And she's like, "I literally have it from the library tonight. I'm going to watch it." And I, was, I like, was going to watch it tonight. Don't do it. And then she kept texting me back because originally I would picked it for Western, and she kept being like, are, "Are you sure it's a Western? Like, I don't think if it's the category. Maybe you didn't mean it like this." But I just kept anticipating like, interpreting everything as you being like, "Oh,
1: no, I did because I was so pick excited. It. I'm watch... watching it." I'm like, no, I really want to watch it with you. <laughs> Picking it, dang it. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. It was more fun to watch it with you. It has very fun dialogue.
0: It's one I'd like to rewatch. I liked The Message. I feel like it a little bit came out of nowhere, and I might not have just been in the right mood to receive it. But I, I really liked the film, Um, but I think I, I would like to rewatch it, and it might be one that I... I increasingly enjoy over time you know I feel like there's a lot of films like that where I'm like oh I liked that and upon further rewatch, it becomes better like a fine wine
1: I don't think I was really convinced by the the love story between Mm. him and the main girl um maybe just because it seemed like there's a really big age difference yeah there's a lot of like montages of his experience living in the homeless camps or whatever that was kind of just like I'm not really, like, captivated by this, but mm. the film he wants to make is called Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Which is supposed to be about, like, human suffering or whatever. And that is the Coen Brothers made Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Like, 10 years ago something. And it's just, I, I was trying to figure out, like, is that based on something else? Like, why, why is that the same title? And apparently it is based on Sullivan's Travels um, because he does end up, like, going to a chain gang in the south or whatever and that's how it opens the coen brothers movie so that was really fun to realize that there are these connections too um and that movie is so funny it's so centered on comedy and i think that was a very prevalent theme of sullivan's travels i did i kind of feel the same way that i feel like i should watch it again but i feel like there wasn't anything a lot of films there's like something that really grabs me and that i like focus on it as like my favorite thing about it. I didn't feel like there was anything that I was just like, "Oh, I love that."
0: Yeah. I think the the dialogue, the the script, the writing was very fun and the delivery of that, like not quite to the extent of his Girl Friday, but like yeah, felt adjacent to that and a lot of the one of the reviews I, or something I was reading on it talking about the similarities or the um Inspiration for Oh Brother We're Out There, and just kind of like the nonsensical words, <laughs> or just like the different vocabulary the words that
1: we no longer use anymore. Yeah,
0: yet. there were so many times I feel like that's all I was texting. you. It was just like these wacky words that they were saying, <laughs> but it it was enjoyable. Like I wasn't bored and I didn't dislike it. And so yeah, I feel like it's one of those like I want to watch uh, rewatch His Girl Friday as well. That now that I'm not so much focused on the plot, that I can like really hone in on what they're saying rather than like why they're saying it you know yeah I think I gave it four stars as did I my recommendation I would say a mild yes to the average film watcher but a strong yes to film fans especially if you like oh brother where earth though I think it's worth watching
1: and you also thought like Deb would love the beginning like oh yeah that's true (laughs) there are some really funny moments yeah it's a very funny film Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, because we were texting again, so I'm trying to figure out who the besties were in this one. Oh, who was it? Was this the same day that we watched? Oh, yeah. Mr. Burroughs and the valet. So, the butler, and, oh, so yes! the butler and the valet. I forgot about them. <laughs> they were just always, like, coming to clean up his messes and just judging him all the time. But, like, lovingly, <laughs> just these two men that work for him.
0: Hokey-balokey. Bouchois. Swingo. <laughs> just, I just had to look up so many things. Yeah, the, um, the films we watched together in person were Island of Dr. Moreau, The Insider, 2000 Leagues, The Samurai, Stranger
1: on a Train, and Edward. So
0: from here on out, we were back to
1: texting. But the okay, next film is it was under the category of best picture winner. Um, it was A Man for All Seasons, which is a film about Sir Thomas More in England, 1500s. Is that right? Henry the I think, Eighth. I think it's sixteen.
0: Well, no, you're right. It is. <gasps> Provoke, take away my history card.
1: Uh-huh. And again. Henry the Eighth was king of England. Twelve
0: hundred. No, it's fifteen, like late four, late fifteenth century, early.
1: Into oh, I did Henry the Third. Fifteen forties, fifteen, yeah, early fifteen hundreds. Um. So, Sir Thomas More was like a very famous English philosopher. No, not was he a nobleman, just like a government man, mm-hmm. author, politician. He was more of a lawyer, right? He lived in the time of Henry the Eighth and was in the court of Henry the He um, was knighted, Sir Thomas More. lest you forget. Ah, oh, sorry, disrespectful <laughs> of me. Um, and he becomes like the. What's it called? The oh whatever. When he wore that little red thing, High Chancellor. Oh 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 oh. Chancellor of England. Anyways, he's it's mostly about famed author of Utopia. It's about Sir Thomas More in this era of his life when he's like navigating this these issues with Henry the Eighth wanting a divorce, um, and creating the Anglican Church. Um, so yeah, I chose it because it is a Best Picture winner. And I didn't realize that you were like really excited to watch it. I don't know why. I was like, kind of like, eh, this is what I want to watch. Like, you probably don't want to, but I chose it anyway. And you were like, no, I want to watch that one. Like, I'd rather watch that one. Heck um, yeah, man for all seasons. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and it was very, very good. I really enjoyed it. Just like, I feel like, so it's a historical film. And a lot of times, like, pacing could be kind of hard with it. But I felt like, it moved really well like all the the acting was amazing sir thomas moore whoever plays him do you know <laughs> <laughs> um, paul schofield i do know him does a very very good job and then king henry the was also Funny, they were mm-hmm. those were the besties with Henry and Sir Thomas More,
0: even though they had one scene well. together. But boy, was it an inspirational scene for us! <laughs> Stay tuned. Watch
1: out for next Halloween costumes. <laughs> Orson Welles was also randomly no. at the beginning, and we did not realize that until no, the end. He's movie. so old. He's very very large man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a toad. I <laughs> said. He looks like a clappo. <laughs> that was so the first one. script, but I oh. remember the most. What else? The treat was baked apples because someone tries to bribe Sir Thomas More with baked apples. And yeah, I just, I cried. Like, it was just very moving and very well done. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I just am such a big Thomas More
0: fan. Like, I, it's because I have familiarity with him from ap euro and you know yes. european history and studying it but then also like his depiction i just for some reason i okay this is really what happened the movie started this has been it's a best picture winner and it was like when i was already interested like my my interest was peaked because it was thomas more but it really scratched this itch that i didn't even know was itching of like ap euro like sitting in class and like watching these aged films of like european history and like Having baroque music playing in the background, and just like <laughs> the grandeur of the costumes and the sets, and it just was like, oh my gosh! Like a very dated film, like not I, I do. You can just tell it's like VHS quality, and you're just like, right. mm-hmm, so beautiful. I love it, and yeah, I just really was like, there is this sound that exists in my head from a Snapchat that I have of Natalie when we were playing Super Smash Bros. Of her going, whoo! And every time he would come on, all I could hear was Natalie's voice just going, whoo! And it was like, yes, Thomas more! We'll <laughs> see if I can find the sound because it's Chef's Kiss. But uh, <laughs> I just loved his performance. And I seriously was just so tickled about when Henry VIII was on screen. And he was like, <laughs> he's so smiley, so smiley. And he was like trying to outsmart, his, uh, Sir Thomas Moore's daughter, and she's like showing him up in land, and he's like, "Well, do you dance?" And she's like, "Oh, not really." And he's like, "Do you see these legs? They're dancing legs." Like he just <laughs> was so extra, and I loved him for it. And yes, and it was unexpectedly emotional. Like yeah I was so surprised I was crying, and then I was surprised you were crying. But then I was also like, it makes sense because this is so moving. And wow, four and a, four and a half stars from me. And I found out
1: if there's any kind of execution i'm gonna be bawling
0: <laughs> i was gonna say spoiler but like it's history, history. so
1: like a, a third of the way through i was
0: like oh frick i just remembered the rest of ap euro
1: <laughs> and i didn't remember and so i was like he's gonna get out of it right it's gonna be okay <laughs> <I> was...
0: <laughs> um, um but yes i so i i do recommend it especially to ap euro fans and yeah
1: if you're interested in henry the eighth if you like six,
0: Anne Boleyn is in it for a second, for a hot second. <laughs> if you need that itch scratched, you know what I'm talking about. Just like,
1: yeah, oh, the I nostalgia of yes. being in a history class. Yeah, mm. my also my other favorite part was they traveled by boat all the time, oh. like <sighs> rowboats. And you know I love the little boats. The other my other favorite part of Henry is he like gets mad and he's screaming, yelling, and he's like storming off and he jumps into the boat and then leaves all of his friends behind and just like ha 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 like just like busting up laughing that he left them behind and now they have to find their own way home he's just so like it it made me realize this and then also going to Versailles I was like thank goodness there are not like kings anymore like these absolute buffoons that are in charge like it doesn't no
0: instead we elect them so Great. So it's our own fault. Mm-hmm. All right. The next film, uh, the category was I picked director. Lauren had to give me a director and I choose a film by said director. Um, She gave me Billy Wilder and I chose The Apartment. The Treat with Champagne. And the synopsis is A Man Rants Out. <laughs> this is actually great. I was thinking, I wonder where this, where I was feeling bad about my uh and not being able to write them well so i'm just gonna read you exactly what it is in my notes a man rents out his apartment for other men in his department for their affairs until one wow just read the letterboxed one <laughs> i can <was like, laughs> like, yeah, i because i think i was like um uh, i don't really know how to like say this Sinatra. in a way that like doesn't give everything away Yeah, And then I was like, I wonder what, I'll go look and see what they say on Letterboxd. And I was like, wow, that is so succinct and well done. There's a reason. (laughs) This is not my day job. (laughs) Bud Baxter is a minor clerk in a huge New York insurance company until he discovers a quick way to climb the corporate ladder. He lends out his apartment to the executives as a place to take their mistresses. Although he often has to deal with the aftermath of their visits, one night he's left with a major problem to solve. Much better than a man rents out his apartment until one... (laughs) (laughs) Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> um I picked it because I know I knew you'd watched it and you said that you'd liked it or you said like I could go ahead and watch it without you. So it had been on my list for a while and it was a best picture winner. So I was like looking at the list of Billy Wilder films, and there were several that I was interested in, but the apartment was the one I was like the most familiar with. And you said like, oh, that you'd be willing to watch it again. My notes on the content, I just said, surely, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Shirley Clayne is fantastic and I adore her and I think she was my favorite part of the film um, but Jack Lemmon is also entertaining it's terrifying to see Fred McMurray in such a sleazy role again <laughs> the movie itself I'm confused why it won and why Psycho wasn't even nominated like it's, it's been like horror films <laughs> <clears throat> true performances are good there's some nice cinematography going on I wasn't wowed by it, you know? And maybe some of it was, like, subject matter. What
1: are your thoughts? I don't know, because I, like... So, I was very distracted during the first 20 minutes, so I, like, went back and rewatched the first 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, oh, there's, like, some symbolism here, like, with the keys, and, mm-hmm. uh, like, the shot of him sitting in the office just surrounded by all the other desks. I really like that, and just... Mm-hmm. Like, the... I don't know. I feel like there was... This rise of, like, corporate America and, like, working in the business office. and Mm -hmm. And, um, like, getting getting to the
0: top through means that, like, have nothing to do with your job performance or, like, who you are as a person. Yeah. Uh Like, there's some critique on that, which I liked.
1: Yeah. There are just some themes. And I also think, like, for the time period, this was probably very ahead of its time. Mm, Like, talking about suicide and corruption and just kind of themes like that that they talk about very casually in the film that yeah I think probably in this time period it was probably kind of shocking more so that that's probably why the academy liked it a lot is that yeah. it was kind of pushing boundaries and um and it's funny and entertaining like jack lemon i love him so much i want to And the doctor
0: the parts of the doctor yeah. is really fun
1: dr dreyfus and and i really
0: do like shirley's character like she's complicated and I've also loved the secretary like there were some really interesting like dynamics that were going on and because that's the thing about this movie is even though like the subject is about affairs I don't think it was saying like look at this great lifestyle you know I don't feel like it was promoting anything you know yeah no it
1: is I mean at the end I mean I'm not gonna spoil it but like it's
0: satisfying no you're right I feel like I watched this when I was pretty tired um and I think I was going into it with different expectations but I think the more we're talking about it the more I'm like okay this is more deserving of the Oscar than the last picture show <laughs> far and away <laughs> I always felt that but...
1: yeah I can't figure out the last picture show still
0: yeah no it, it did have really good moments and I feel like the there were a lot of mirror shots which you know I'm a mm-hmm. fan of this was an all Bling Zine film as well so boosted I gave it three and a half stars I don't know that I'd recommend it to the general audience. G A, not rated <laughs> G for recommendation, but I would say like it's if you're interested in watching it, go for it. I'm I'm remaining neutral in my recommendation.
1: This um talks about the nasal spray. <laughs> oh my gosh! How can I forget my favorite part? He filled it with milk, so
0: you could tell. I, I really was so impressed with that. I was like, how and in the was, world?
1: It was a surprise take. Like, it wasn't improvised. It says, he was playing with the nasal spray prop in his dressing room and discovered if he gave it a sharp squeeze, it would squirt 10 feet. He filled it with milk to make the liquid visible on the black and white film. And when Fred McMurray chastises him for creating a problem around the use of the apartment, and then gave the container a squeeze... And Billy Wilder left this take in. <laughs> it was a like
0: a random. Isn't that so funny? I love that. That really was my favorite part of the whole film because I was <laughs> shocked that the camera picked it up. So that makes sense. It was milk. I was like,
1: how in the world? That's so genius of him to think mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would recommend it if you really like Jack Lemmon. Like if you love Sound like it hot, it's really fun to see him in this different role. Or Shirley MacLaine fans. Yeah, if you really like Shirley Shirley MacLaine, this is one of her best, most well-known roles. Or if you want to hate Fred McMurray for some reason. (laughs) I'm trying to find the trivia that was Fred McMurray got so much hate mail that he was like, that's it. I'm not doing any more of these roles. And he just did the (laughs) Disney live action ones from (laughs) then on. (laughs) He did the full 180. (laughs) (laughs) Because you really, he is the worst kind of person in this movie. Yes. That, but not in like a sleazy way. I don't know. Just in like I think the fact that he's putting on this front of like this wholesome business he's manager so two-faced. And you this know. That, man. Yeah. And he's just manipulating the heck out of Shirley McLean. Yep. It's oh you just And that he is like
0: a repeat offender
1: sweet. too. Yeah. Like, uh. He's so horrible. He's, he's in the shaggy dog right <laughs> after this. <laughs> 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 all right you know what
0: the more we're talking about it I think I I would probably even maybe bump it up to four stars it was more enjoyable than I I initially thought
1: so I have very fond memories of it and I was like when I was watching it I was like I think I might have to bump it down because I was imagining that I had rated it like four and a half or five because I really really liked it the first time yeah. I think because there's a couple like twists that really caught You don't me. see coming yeah yeah and like I using that. a
0: tennis racket as a strainer.
1: Oh my gosh. Singing <laughs> an opera, didn't expect that. Um, so I was thinking like, ah, I feel like I don't like it as much as I did last time. But then I was like, oh, I rated it four stars last time. That seems appropriate. So I feel like it maybe was less enjoyable on the rewatch. Just like I knew what was going to happen. But also I was able to pick up more on the so- themes and the cinematography mm-hmm. and Always worth watching films twice. It's true. Okay, and the last film of Cinemonth 2024 was Funny Girl in the category of musical. I picked it just because I've wanted to watch it for a long time. It's a Best Picture nominee. It's Barbra Streisand, who we've talked about before. She's a big part of my childhood. My parents are big fans. The treat was lobster. (laughs) Because she eats a whole lobster at one point. I did. I think I told you this. Were you falling asleep during this? (laughs) Yep. Because we're texting me sometimes and I'm like, I think she's sleeping. I was pretty
0: depressed when we watched this. Oh no.
1: I was like fully just on my
0: bed. And then I would just like fall asleep and I'd wake up and I would text you back and be like pretty active and I'd be like, she doesn't know I'm asleep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was
1: fully I was doing
0: really well until like the last third.
1: It is a long one. It's two and a half hours. And it's a musical, so I knew that's not really your thing mm, anyways. Yeah. But Barbara Streisand herself is amazing. Like, her voice is incredible as always, but she also just is such a funny... Like, I don't know. I didn't realize she's a comedian. Like, she's in What's Up Doc, mm-hmm. of course. But, like, I haven't... Se- I don't think... What's the other movie I've seen her in? Oh, some dumb one with, like... She's, like, it's, like, a dumb rom-com, not a dram- dramatic romance that I hate it. A drum. A drum. So, this was a fun, it was fun to see her just, like, riff off of everybody and just, like, be be herself, be funny, funny girl. Funny um, girl. It is funny, though, because, like, apparently she's supposed to be ugly, and then in one of the letterbox reviews, it copies Barbie, it was, like, A note to the directors, if you're trying to make this point, you should not have casted Barbara Streisand. Yes. But like,
0: also, that is the point. Like, everyone is beautiful because of Mm -hmm. like, if they're just being themselves and that's beautiful. That was something I really I'm co-opting your um, review time. So I will get to it when when you're finished with your points. But I just really didn't love that message that they kept being like, she has to be funny and like make fun of herself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because she's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. when I was kind of expecting it to be like she takes a risk and she like sings the song and like she realizes that she is beautiful because clearly she is like I, I appreciate the like that women can be funny and that they're not afraid to look silly and that's very much that's very much a Lucille Ball thing but like Lucille Ball is still beautiful even when she's yeah. yeah like yeah supposed to be ugly and like Barbara Streisand maybe doesn't have like the quintessential Hollywood glamour look but that doesn't mean that she's still not beautiful and so mm-hmm. that was just something that like I just kept getting more and more irritated about
1: <laughs> and it is interesting like Nick Arnstein doesn't call her beautiful until the last like five minutes mm-hmm. like it's so they do come around to it in the end but it's just like I don't know it's not really uh yeah the point of the film is that she's funny rather than classically Right. Beautiful. Which is also fine, but it's just like, she but can be funny and matter. beautiful. Yeah, yeah she like, doesn't have to be funny because she's out. not beautiful. Yeah. Right. Um, Because she is so beautiful. But speaking of beautiful, Omar Sharif <laughs> is one of the most beautiful men in the world. He is quite handsome. I feel like he just looked a little spooky in this movie. I don't, maybe because he was an older mm. like he just, I seemed kind of sunken and maybe he was a little bit more wrinkly than what I was because I've seen him in Dr. Zugavo and he's the only reason I got through that film that was a long film but his brown eyes just kept me going (laughs) um but he's younger in that one so that's kind of the image I had of him so I was kind of like well why does he look like that sometimes
0: I feel like if you're ever like running a marathon or in labor or something (laughs) I'm just gonna show up with like pictures of his eyes and be like keep going (laughs)
1: I can do it for Omar. <laughs> Barbara did win Best Actress. So good for her. There were a few things that I was I was laughing out loud at.
0: Yeah, it is very funny. She's mm-hmm. a, an incredible performer. I really don't like the songs in it, but her voice. Wow. There were yeah, moments so when I really amazing. was like, What is that? No, and how is she hitting it? And that is amazing. (laughs) And like with a chest voice, not a head voice. Like holy, Mm -hmm. holy cow! And there were some fun costumes. Oh yeah, and I liked the like the tensions and like where she would stand up for herself against like the big theater guy and everything going on there, the power struggle. And I liked the ending a lot, but that's just because of who I am. (laughs) But and it's also based on a real person.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who the besties were. Do you think it was Ziegfeld and Fanny? Oh. I feel like they became oh, besties. Or the guy at the very beginning who, like, got her. Oh, yeah. That got her the first job. The roller,
0: the roller skating. They were besties for sure. They were besties.
1: But I did love her relationship with Ziegfeld that they. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he appreciated that she wasn't just like, yeah, whatever you say. Like, I'll right. do it. He yeah.
0: liked that about her, and the her like re- relatives are fun too and funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like when they and come and are so embarrassing. And, yeah, ladies. yeah.
0: And I do like the. I really remember a lot from the beginning. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> I was fully awake. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, but the like when he comes and plays poker, I think it, if it wasn't so long and if the songs were a little bit catchier, I would have liked it a little bit more. Because there were elements of it that I really liked. Sometimes the sing- the songs came at really weird moments. Like the pacing felt a little odd. Mm-hmm,
1: like mm-hmm. suddenly they
0: would just break into song and I'd be like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> or like there were really long breaks where there were no songs. Right. Like, Wait, when's the last time they sang something? Like yeah. I'm here for Barbara singing. <laughs> right. I'm and not, like seeing this. I should not
0: singing. Like adapt. Is this adapted from the musical or is the was this created first? You know. And, like, how would it be on stage? Are there more songs? Is there less dialogue?
1: Right. Anyway, um, I gave it
0: three stars. I don't know that I'd really recommend it unless you're a big Babs fan.
1: I give it three and a half, I think. I do just want to say, after they ate the lobsters, they're, like, in Maine. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, sitting outside on the docks, like, talking to each other. Maddie walked past and she's like, oh, are they in Venice? I was like, try Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Italy.
0: But uh, a a good shout-out to my mom's mom, who loved Barbara Streisand and any uh, Streisand content I consume, I always think of Graham. So, shout-out. Cinnamon's shout-out. Frank Sinatra was considered for the role of Snake Arnstein. Oh, okay. Really quickly, I don't know if we can do it, but we'll try ranking. I am interested to see... I think I know what your number one will be. Least favorite to favorite. Number 14
1: my phone auto-corrected it to Dr Mario really I yeah. shook I did the last picture show and um, last picture show was my
0: 13. the island of Dr Moreau was my 13. mostly <laughs> like if I'm going truly based off of the films I think your ranking is more accurate but as much as like my expectations going your into them of, like feelings. yeah of like this is supposed to be the best picture and it's not deserving versus this is some wacky like I knew this wasn't going to be good going into <laughs> it you know <laughs>
1: uh, number 12 this seems very harsh but as strangers on a train it's mm. just like this difference between 13 and 12 is very high <laughs> okay
0: sure 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 I've had funny girl there as well so yeah I similar Um, and then I had funny girl as 11 okay 11 was the apartment um, my after family. our discussion now maybe I think it would have been swapped with into my number 10 position. Mm. My 10 was Edward. Oh, my 10 was Strangers on a Train. My 9 was Sullivan's Travels. Really?
1: My 9 was In Bruges. My 8 was 20,000 Leagues. 20,000 Leagues! <laughs> Solidly oh. a number 8, though. <laughs> I did bump it, because according to Letterboxd, it should be below Sullivan's Travels, but I just have such good feelings about it. <laughs> Cozy. <laughs> So cozy, I got a bump for cozy. <laughs> my seven was in Bruges. Okay, my seven was Ed Wood. Six was Le Samurai. Hmm. Six is the Insider. Um. Five was the Insider. Five was the
0: Samurai. Um. Four was the apartment. Four was Sullivan's Travels. What was? Was that your number ten or is that nine? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, we almost
1: had that flip flop too. And <laughs> um, three was Man for All Seasons. Man for All Seasons. <laughs> Two was Man with a Movie Camera. Two was Great Dictator. And one was... Oh, yeah, The Great Dictator. One was Man with the Movie
0: Camera. I knew you'd pick The Great Dictator. Um, yes. Which is a great film. But it's so interesting. I don't know why I was like, oh, our films are gonna be so similar. Like... <laughs> I mean, they were. were. They were, but, like, there Just were some theory. that were more... Yeah. ...extreme than the others. How fun. It was a good cinema. I... It was very good. And it was fun to recreate posters together in person again. Yeah. I feel like we did good this year. I like the posters. Do you have a favorite? I think my favorite is The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, but also look at how good your Barbara, your sitting picture is.
1: I'm glad you did that. Oh my gosh. After I spent our entire oh uh, i yeah i have to pick island of dr mario because it's too funny it's so funny like <laughs> that picture will you send me do you still have the picture of me smiling as yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know i didn't delete that strangers <laughs> on
0: a trade too did you mention that one Mm-mm, it does look very good your lighting work on that was top notch
1: i was in my room for like 20 minutes just like Figuring out how to make the lights.
0: It was so good, man. That might be the best thing that came out of the church history library. It was my distraught boredom, and I was like, "We have to do something. We have to watch something." But yeah, and I'm just so proud of us, like against all odds. And of course, in the future, Cinemonth can be adjusted depending on life circumstances. But we've proven ourselves quite extraordinary yes. this week. This, this week, we watched 14 films in a week. Now that's the ultimate sit-a-week. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, it'd just be two a day. That's not crazy crazy.
1: It's just it's, so funny because it, like, sets you up for the rest of the year. Like, I've watched yes. 29 movies already this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right,
0: everyone. Just reminders for those March Madness. Listen to scores on the playlist. February 15th. Email the podcast email to get the bracket fill it out send us an audio message of why you picked your winner then in march we will release the episode and then also keep an eye out on our instagram for the poster recreations they are beautiful this year <laughs>
1: and have long live in you took the words straight out of my mouth pj
0: Oh. oh, what was that noise
1: it was the monkey's being really excited that she said she wants to stay with darson it did not
0: come through was that it was the scariest cough. oh
1: <laughs> wait for the
0: bloopers for that one just reminded me of my D character and i was like no he must be protected at all costs <laughs> like- <laughs>
1: My poor little is Hortus your DD baby. character very moral?
0: Yes. Yes. He like goes against his clerical order and gets kicked out for it and is on the run for it. And my poor little baby. Wow, such a deep backstory. He he feels so guilty for things he shouldn't feel guilty about, but
1: oh he's he's gay, he enjoys <laughs> <knows> classical music. <laughs> that is me. That <laughs> is me talking about our at any given
0: moment in time. Oh! That's in reference to a Wilm Dafoe meme. In case anyone didn't know, you should look it up because it's fantastic.